Welcome to Minnesota. Welcome to Wisconsin. Whatever you call it, Minnesota and Wisconsin are neighbors in a unique corner of the upper Midwest. It's a place of winding rivers, deep blue lakes, endless trails. And don't forget the cheese. I'm Mark Niklaski, a lifelong Minnesota journalist from Duluth who's traveled the world and knows my home state is more than snow, cold, and losing football teams. I'm Keith Ulig. I live in Wausau, right in the center of the state, and I write for the newspaper here. Join us as we explore all the beauty, culture, and adventure in the great states of Wisconsin and Minnesota. If you live here, we'll take you beyond the farm fields and Twin Cities nightlife. If you're visiting, we'll show you all the places that make our state special. Join us on our adventures in Wisconsin. You mean Minnesconsin? No, Wisconsin. Minnesconsin. Wisconsin. Minnesconsin. Wisconsin. Okay, hello everybody. Uh, welcome to Minnesconsin and Wisconsin. I'm Mark Nikolaski in Duluth. I'm Keith Ulig, Wassa, Wisconsin. And uh, today, Keith, we have our life preservers on, and we're uh, heading down to the uh, boat landing with our paddle in hand as we're going to do a little uh, paddling around Minnesconsin. Yay! My, one of my favorite things to do. Ah, well, you're a paddler. Uh, I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm too big and top-heavy to really paddle uh, anywhere. I, I, That's a, a lame excuse. Six four, two hundred and well, two hundred pounds, and uh, everybody out there, it does not matter your body size. You can paddle. Mark just doesn't like to paddle. If you can float, you can paddle. I guess that should be the the slogan. Uh, yeah. Kayaking is the best. I don't think that size would matter. You just need a larger boat, of course, if you're a bigger guy. The uh, well, and Keith, you should know about boats as you have built your own kayak. Yes. We, we do, we have talked about this in the past. I don't know in my in my head. We talked when in the do it yourself version of uh, a Miskasota, Wiskasota. Um, yeah, you built talked that, about the kayak. Yeah, you built that kayak in the garage yeah. in White Bear Lake. Yep, and in Wassa. Yep. And you've taken it uh, around Minnesconsin. Uh, why don't yes. you tell us a few of your uh, your favorite uh, kayak uh, places? Well, Lake Wassa, that's, a, you know, five minutes away. I take it down there and can get a quick paddle in less than an hour. Um, fabulous. Sort of you're, you're paddling in Rib Mountain. The monstrous Rib Mountain is like looming over you like... Uh, Mount Vesuvius, you know, yeah, uh, it's no, a beautiful it's, sight. It, it is fantastic. I, I just love it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, up on the Wisconsin river on the St. Croix river has been a great paddling experience. My favorite. Well, when we were together on our, um, Voyageurs national park yes, place, I forgot the name of that lake, but the, that lake, well, that was, I know the name of that lake. It was Cabotogama. Cabotogama. Yes, that was a fantastic experience. Yeah, we did that with uh, Minnesconsin, Wisconsin photographer Paul Doles. Right. And then, um, but my absolute most favorite, and I haven't done it with this boat because, um, well, maybe we can get into that a little bit, but is uh, the Bayfield 
or the Apostle Islands Sea Caves. Oh my gosh! And I did this as part of um, part of the effort of running, riding, and paddling in every county in Wisconsin. And I wanted to paddle my boat, uh, you know, on my own to the Sea Caves. It's about an hour from a there's a beach that you put in, and then then you're sort of like along the cliffs of of mainland uh, Wisconsin in the Apostle Island National Park seashore. And uh, Chris wouldn't allow me to do that on my own. She felt it was she feels it is too dangerous, and she uh, she's right. It is dangerous. I don't think it's too dangerous, but. Uh, at any rate, I yielded on this this particular issue, and I went through a, an outfitter, and we paddled along, you know, along the seashore. Learned about the geography and geology, and some of the native lore of the area. But the most fantastic part about it was uh, we got to paddle into those sea caves. It was a a fairly calm day, and it is. I don't know something happened and i'm i just i'm obsessed with them now i want to go back and i would like to go again i'd like to do it on my own uh however i have to you know get in some safety precautions and etc before going that because uh the water there is very cold there's no way out if something were to happen you can't climb those cliffs and you can't get out of the water, um, so you have to, you know, figure out a way of rescuing yourself. Hence, Chris is not allowing me to go on my own. But yeah. that's my paddling thing. I'm hoping to get, uh, oh, I also, I forgot about this. I paddled across Green Bay. And she allowed that because that was with a group of guys. And that was um, a great experience to do. It's about 11 miles across Green Bay. We went from Marinette to Egg Harbor. And um, well, Keith, that was not... That, that's, uh, you know, of course, that's not really Minnesota. Anything near Green Bay is is uh, well, you're Mich absolutely... Michigan or Michigan. I, I think we have... We, we disagree on this. You're absolutely wrong. And I um, want to know more about your, your, your experience at the uh, Apostle Islands. How far... Like, how long did it take you to paddle from the outfitter to the caves? Well, the outfitter is located in downtown Bayfield, the outfitter that I used. I forget. I think it's called Trek and Trail. Um, they, you, you, meet, you meet the guide out at the beach. If I, if I would be smart, I would have a map up. But there's a beach that they most paddlers go, and it's about a mile, mile and a half. So it doesn't take long to paddle from the beach to the uh, to the caves. To the caves, but it all depends. You know, it all depends on which caves you want to go to. There's there are a variety of caves. This out this outfitter and others there um, offer a variety. Some do overnight overnight uh, excursions, etc. And uh, yeah, it it is something. And there's something. I don't know, you know, I thought building the kayak, that was a fantastic experience. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, I enjoyed this building this kayak. I hope it's, you know, okay to use, you know, it would kind of stink if it just was just a regular 
you know, kind of a plastic fiberglass type thing. Yeah. You know, I don't know a flat experience, I guess. Yeah. But it is it. Every time I paddle it, it is like, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was meant to do this. Yeah. And so every time I do go out, I, I think, oh, this is my Viking heritage. These are my Viking DNA going going at it, you know, that right. I was meant to be out on the open seas with uh, with this boat. Uh, and anyway. So, yeah, so they, but when you do the, through the outfitter, you can't bring your own kayak? No. Or, yeah, you have to they use your own. They, no, because of the uh, liability. And yeah. you also need uh, uh, like a wetsuit. They take you through a... You know, it's a real basic training thing, um, you know, kind of explaining. And what you do, I mean, in that one, it, this it, this turned out really good. I really enjoyed the experience. You're in a double kayak, and I was in a kayak with a stranger. I see. You know, but it was, and so uh, we both are, you know, like I'm a fairly experienced paddler, but I'm not like formally trained or anything like that. I just sort of figured it out by youtube videos and stuff um he was a little more experienced so he went in the back and sort of matched but we we turned out to be pretty compatible paddling in a double kayak but then, i definitely want to get out on my own kayak and and go, the, go into those caves with your own kayak yeah that would be awesome yeah i don't know i don't know if i will well it would depend of course, it would depend on the sea caves. But there's other places to go in Lake Superior that's a little safer. But I still would need some uh, a, a quite a few more safety equipment uh, things like a emergency radio, uh, a, a dry suit or a wet suit. Mm. Uh, uh, another way of making sure that the, the boat doesn't sink. Uh, and a, a way of sort of stabilizing the boat if you have to do a wet exit to yeah. get back into the boat. Maybe uh, you should connect with a friend of Minnesconsin and Wiscasota, Tony, who's uh, built his own kayak as well in uh, Brainerd. Uh -huh. and, and he's done a lot of kayaking, uh, open water kayaking on Lake Superior. Very experienced. Um, oh, yeah. So he might be a good uh, partner to do that adventure. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. already done it. it. Yeah. Oh, he probably has. Yeah. If he's been on Lake. That is the thing to do in Lake Superior. And he belongs. Uh, yeah. And he belongs to a, uh, like a outdoor adventure club out of Brainerd that uh, cool. is into kayaking. And cool. so maybe, uh, maybe we could uh, connect you with him and find out when they're going to Apostle Islands because they go every year. Yeah. Yeah. That would be. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I gotta get a. I gotta get a wetsuit is my first thing because uh, a wetsuit or a dry suit. I was thinking, what they put us in is like almost like overalls. That was a wetsuit, and that uh -huh. means that there's a layer of water between uh, the suit and you if you go in, and your body warms that wa that layer of water, and that's what keeps you warm. I see. Um, and so. Uh, it, it keeps you warm at least longer than you would had you not had this wetsuit on. Right. And then um, there are also dry suits, which are a lot more expensive. And I was thinking of getting a, a wetsuit that overall and then buying a dry suit jacket, which yeah. was suggested by uh, 
uh, a clerk, uh, you know, uh, an experienced kayaker here in Wassa. And I was thinking, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Man, all those sounds like some, uh, that sounds like a great adventure up in the Apostle Islands. Uh, I just remember our, 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 uh, trip in, uh, Cabotogama and, uh, yeah. you know, we met with heavy waves and, uh, yes, very large wind, uh, wind gusts, uh, and, uh, but you know, I didn't, I don't think I went in the water. Uh, I remember no, none of us did. I remember almost it, doing it on a landing. I yeah. Think, well, I, that would have been okay. Yeah. You know, you'd get cold and uncomfortable, but that won't kill you. Yeah. But. I think I tipped a little and I got my foot out or whatever and, mm-hmm. you know, got my feet wet, but that was, uh, that was about it. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't had any, any, uh, terrible incidents in a kayak but i haven't done it much either yeah um, we were lucky on that trip that could have been that could have been disastrous yeah, that, the fact that you know we were we were all kind of unprepared uh for if something bad if, if one of us had gone over that that could have been really bad yeah because it was cold enough and what i've learned through the years is that you know like in lake superior You've got like five minutes before uh, hypothermia starts to set in, yeah. and that's when your your body, like your hands don't work right, the muscles don't contract right, and that's when very bad things happen. Yeah. Even if you have a uh, a life jacket on, so Chris doesn't want those very bad things to happen to me, and I guess I, I'm grateful the fact that she doesn't want those bad things to happen to me maybe i I, it it would be worrisome if chris was encouraging me to go up there without a without a wetsuit or a dry suit well let's talk about a bad thing that happened in a canoe and uh to me and uh, where i almost killed my three nephews on a uh, river ride in a canoe on uh, the sock river which uh, runs through sort of the uh, north uh, western edge of minnesconsin up near st cloud and a uh, beautiful little river that uh, flows, uh, you know, down through Stearns County into uh, the Mississippi River. And uh, I think my... we should note, should we note that it, Stearns County is where the Stearns life jackets are made, right? I, really? I didn't know that. I believe so. Huh. That's a Minnesotan fun fact. I, I believe so. Of course, I'm probably completely wrong. Again, unprepared, but... Well, we were... All four of us were in uh, Stern's uh, life jackets. And, uh, okay. And I would say the my three nephews at that point were probably all under the age of uh, nine, maybe ten. Uh, the oldest one was probably in third grade, fourth grade, maybe. And the youngest one was maybe in kindergarten uh first grade probably something like that anyway <laughs> it was a young bunch but it was a beautiful day and a adventure uh, that they were going to have with their uncle mark and uh i hauled the canoe up to uh uh cold spring and uh, we launched in cold spring which is uh, right on the sock river mm-hmm. and uh but yeah the four of us went down we packed a lunch and uh you know, we spend a couple hours on the river, and it's a beautiful little river, very uh, serene and quiet. I think we did this in the spring. Uh, yeah, it was the uh, you know late spring, um, and 
yeah, you go down through some wooded areas and uh, some rocky formations. And then yeah, there's actually a spot where we stop for lunch. That's an old mine. A lot of granite mines up in uh, that air part of Minnesconsen. Uh-huh. And so we kind of kicked around the, the mine, which was really neat because uh, you could only get to it that I could see from the uh, river. So uh, not a lot of people uh, are able to get there and, you know, big hole in the ground and some old uh, uh, mining equipment and things like that strewn about the place. Uh, it was pretty neat. Um, and then it kind of keeps going down and it gets into a more... Uh, uh, a more agricultural area, you know, and there's, uh, you go through, buy some farms and uh, some little houses. And then, of course, you get into suburban uh, St. Cloud. And uh, that's where the trouble happened. As, uh, you know, we were going along and, and my oldest nephew was the lead paddle. Well, he was, yeah, he was the lead paddler. I was the one in the back. And we pulled over uh, before you we were steering. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was steering. And we got to uh, into kind of suburban St. Cloud, and we really had no plan as to where we were going to stop. I think there was a dam uh, more into the city that we were going to stop at. And, um, yeah, uh, well, one of the younger nephews, he wanted to paddle in front. And so we pulled over at a dock, and we changed out, and so... Uh, Nick, who was probably in second grade at the time, uh, third grade, he was gonna, he was gonna paddle in front, and so as soon as he got in, we and we continued on. The water, the nature of the water changed from a gentle river, <laughs> and it kind of got into like a, a ravine kind of situation, Ooh, and the where coral. the water was, yeah, the current was moving much faster. I think and, that's a uh, correlate correlalis effect. Yeah, it kind of where it took it you... narrows, it narrows, and then it increases the speed of the uh, of the water. That's it. Yes, that's what was happening. And there was no rapids or anything, but there were trees that were falling on the side of the river, right? And these things Ooh. are nasty. You know, I mean, yeah. the branches stick out and grab you when you go by. And uh, so we got close. Uh, you know, we went by one where I said, oh, this is not going to work. We're going to have to, uh, you know, abandon the, uh, the uh, well, we're going to have to stop here. And it was, a, I think, a city park. So uh, we pulled over and the water was coming really fast. And we got to a tree that was kind of leaning out or that was in the water like a dock. Okay. And so we pulled up alongside that tree. Uh, and it was a big, wide tree, and you know, but the water was deep. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, as we're alongside that tree, the water is kind of hitting us broadside, and it starts to come in into the canoe. And I could see, oh, this is not good. So I said, you know, abandon <laughs> ship, abandon <laughs> ship. And so, uh, you know, the oldest one he got out okay, and it was a big, wide tree, so they were able to scramble up on that. And uh, I remember I stayed in it until the, the youngest one got out and, and uh, you know, his, his brother pulled him up onto the tree and the water was really pouring in at that point. And then I was able to get out just in time. And uh, at that point, the water just sucked the canoe right under that tree. 
and it went under under the tree and it just kept going down the river Whoa. <laughs> oh man <laughs> and there was everything that was in there you know kind of our our the, re the remainders of our lunch and some sweaters and stuff like that and we were just standing <laughs> on the tree watching that submerged canoe go down the river and, and then it hit another tree snag and it got caught up in that one and so it was like oh man you know there's the canoe is i you know i think it's going to be a lost cause you know mm -hmm. and so uh yeah we stood on the on the river and of course fortunately uh the the boys grabbed the cell phone uh, oh yeah so they called mom good for them yeah good for them yeah and uh I think uh, Andrew's first words to his mom was, yeah, we're alive. Don't worry, we're alive. But the canoe is gone. <laughs> I think you were the only person I've known to, uh, to, sw to, sub to sink a canoe. Yeah, it sunk yeah, and it, I think, it got yeah, hung up in I, those trees. And I tried yeah. to pull it out. You know, I, I yeah. kind of waded into the water, but it was really... Uh, no way. Well, yeah. it was, yeah, it was way too... I couldn't get close enough to it. I could grab like the, yeah. the, uh, the rope on it and pull it a little, but there was, it was going nowhere. And, yeah. uh, yeah, the water was just too high and too fast. And so I didn't want to try and get close to it and get sucked in myself. So I just said, well, so much for that canoe. And, uh, <laughs> it was, a uh, an old alumina craft from the seventies and, uh, it broke my dad's heart that the canoe was lost, but, yeah. Uh, the kicker to the story is about, oh, I don't know, maybe six months, eight months later, maybe winter, uh -huh. uh, my dad gets a call from a guy in St. Cloud and he Whoa. says, yeah, I found your canoe. Wow. Uh, it, it made wow. it, it went over the dam. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it wound up in this guy's yard or something. And, uh. <laughs> And he said, it's pretty trashed. He says, you, you know, and my dad said, oh, yeah, well, you can just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, those alumina craft, you know, uh, are said to be indestructible. But uh, I guess uh, yeah. I found a way to destroy one. I, I didn't realize. So this experience, of course, you told me about this at the time. So I knew how this thing was ending. But I... I I guess I was, I never thought you could sink a canoe. I thought they were like, yeah, they would just stay on top no matter what. And so that your tale has made, has created a cautionary, yes. uh, is, is maybe saved me because who knows, you know, what I might a have new tried. Way. I'm the only one to yeah. sink a canoe. Yeah. Uh, it didn't, you know, I mean, it didn't sink. It was swamped, you know, I mean, you're, yeah. it did stay up, but the, the problem was, you know, those trees and then the water was, it was getting underneath the trees. So right. it and is it, and a sinking, the, it's a sinking and a swamping, I guess, at the same time. Yeah. Well, the force of it too. And I, 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 while you were speaking, I looked up, it is not the Corovallis effect or whatever. That's something completely different with the rotation of the earth. So <laughs> don't listen to anything. Don't, do not get your physics information from the Wiscasota um, podcast kids. Yeah. And do but, not go canoeing with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, go in the fall when the water's a little low and uh, uh, I traded a car for a canoe once. I loved, 
I like paddling so much. Yes, I remember and, that. It was a good car. Yeah, well, it was it was on its last uh, that 1978 Chevy Caprice. I think and we I, drove that across with with Minnesota and Wisconsin. We did. We did. That's a character in in this podcast. Uh, uh, that'll be another. Uh, that'll be another yeah. show. I traded that for a. Uh, this guy had a canoe and it was warped. It was a Grumman uh, aluminum canoe and it was warped. But I, I traded it the car for it anyway, and I used that canoe for many years. And then my cousin Steve gave me his canoe when he abandoned Wiscasota for the PNW, and. Uh, and then I gave away that warped canoe, and I still have Steve's. Uh, it is, I think that's aluminum craft, Alumacraft, and well, I I paddle that a lot too. I did buy you know my dad another Alumacraft after the I lost the one that uh, yeah. that he had. So uh, we still do have a canoe, and I have paddled it around uh, the cabin in Burnett County for without incident. So uh, <laughs> it's not you. It was just that one time. Was a combination of factors. Yes. Well, uh, well there I didn't even mention uh, a near disastrous, uh, a near disastrous paddle outing with the uh, aforementioned uh, friend of Minnesotan Tony on the oh, really? uh, oh boy, which river was that? Now it escapes me. Up, uh, it's on the uh, Niobrara. No, it's uh, is it the Niobrara River on the uh, yes Niobrara on the. Uh, South Dakota and Nebraska border. Ooh. Yeah, but uh, that wasn't yeah, Minnisconsin, so we're not going to talk about that. Uh, that that's completely, that, that is bogus, man. Bogus. <laughs> Wiscasota is not a geographic area. Wiscasota is a state, state of, of mind. mind. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right, Keith. Well, let's see. Uh, we're running uh, our time here, so let's uh, head out on the uh, uh, let's head out the door and either do a field report or uh, head into that essay booth. I, I'm not sure whose turn it is, but uh, <laughs> we don't know what's going on. This is this one has been a yeah. We okay. pro I probably should prepare for these things a little bit. Uh, all right. Well, we'll. Uh, we love your uh, your field reports with your walks with Henry, and uh, but I'll, I may do a essay here too. So just uh, our fans will have to stay tuned and find out what it is. Hang on, I'll, I'm I'm interested myself. All right, we'll talk to everybody uh, next week. Bye. So what you're hearing, Wiscasotans, is the ripple of a small little shallow area of the Eau Claire River. This is about uh, oh, a 45-minute bike ride east of Wassa out on the um, Mountain Bay Trail. This is one of my favorite uh, cycling destinations simply because of this sound. I'm not sure why water makes that burbling sound like that. You know, there's also, I have all sorts of questions about water and water dynamics and why some 
some little H2O molecules will flow around one side of the rock and the other H2O molecules will flow around the other side of the rock. I mean, who makes that decision? Um, who's, who's a leader in all this? But all I do know for sure is that this is one of the most relaxing sounds. It's got to be one of the most relaxing sounds in the world. And so I like to come out here. There's a little turnoff off of the Mountain Bay Trail, uh, a little picnic table area. And uh, I like to make this my destination, sit along the river and just listen to the water and the birds for a while. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you have a place where you can listen to water, listen to some water. It's good. It's really good. to the Minnesconsin Wiscasota podcast with your hosts Mark Niklauski and Keith Ulig. Got a question for Mark or Keith? You can email them at mnwipodcast at gmail.com. That's mnwipodcast at gmail.com. Or you can share your thoughts on the Minnesconsin Wiscasota Facebook page.